Welcome, college basketball fans, back to the Scoop podcast, proudly presented by Hoop Scoop Media. I'm Dan Steenkamer, and bringing in our two panelists today, of course, Austin Getchy and Kyle Kerr. Kyle Kerr, if you don't know the name already, he joined us last episode on the podcast for the Coaching Grades mega episode, ran through all but one of the coaching hires this cycle, as we have one last coaching hire to take a look at that happened in the time since our last episode. We'll get to that hire in just a minute, but Kyle was there for every step of the way of that episode, and he rejoins us for this newest episode of The Scoop. To come in today's episode, we will have that one last coaching grade, followed by discussions about the recent activity in the transfer portal, a couple big names finalizing their moves to P6 schools. We'll have some overreactions where each of the guys will share overreactions about Rosters almost being set across the world of college basketball. And of course, later to come in the show, talk about Kentucky and USA basketball's roster released for the U19 team. But having said all of that, all the teasers out of the way, Kyle, welcome back to the program. Good to welcome. see you again. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Yeah, this will be a uh, juicy episode for sure. It all begins with discussing Charlotte as Charlotte's hired Aaron Fern uh, to be its interim head coach for the 2023-24 season. He had previously been the associate head coach for the 49ers. Interesting timing of a change for Charlotte, but that is the last coaching grade to assess, to, to hand out here in this episode. Yeah, so I think I'm going to give this one a B. Um, it was a little odd process because they like conducted a nat- national search. There were some uh, big ish names involved. I know Ben McCollum uh, from Northwest Missouri State, um, Todd Kowalczyk from Toledo were kind of like the main contenders. Um, I'm, I think they both turned it down. So Charlotte went the uh, interim route for the season. So I think like given the circumstances and given how late this is, I don't really have a problem with it because like there's just like, it's just so much into the off season. Like, when their better transfers like re-entered the portal, Deshaun Jackson. So, yeah. So just to eliminate any more like shakeup and like that stuff, um, I think it's fine. And like if he's and if he's good, they can just like hire him full time. And then if he's not good, they just conduct a national search with like everyone to work with in a full off season. Yeah. So I gave it a B minus just because there was really big candidates involved. Uh, Toledo's definitely had the strongest. I really thought they were going to get him and it would have been really cool to get somebody from like such a fast paced team. Um, and Charlotte's notorious for, you know, like a top 10 slow pace every year. So it would literally just change their entire program if they would have gotten him, but it wasn't meant to be Charlotte's an improving job, but I wouldn't say it's a good job. Um, you know, it's, they're now in the American. The Americans got a lot of new teams. So, I mean, it's a decent job, but I see why they turned it down. Both those coaches can definitely get better jobs. Um, so, but honestly, like you were saying, at this stage of the process, you just need somebody. Um, most teams have already started like workouts and things like that. I'm already practicing. So, um, you just need somebody there. Uh, you can't really, uh, can't lengthen the process much longer if you're Charlotte. So, for that reason, I didn't give it a C. Gave it a nice B minus. Yeah, and I just wanted to touch on something else with the topic. Like, I'm getting honestly really annoyed of when like people try to like uh like agents try to like feed reporters like stuff just isn't true. Like to like and then they like pay them for like reporting, just like trying to boost up their clients. Like I saw some Charlotte reporter was like 
hyping up Isaac Brown as a potential candidate for the job. Like th- that would be the worst hire ever. Like he miserably failed with the, like one of the best programs and all that stuff in college basketball in the same exact conference. So like, and like another uh, different way is how like Bobby Clintman, like his agent is like reportedly like just like really tough to handle with. And like they, he, people were hyping him up as like, or his agent was hyping him up as like, a first round pick potential like lottery and then he like ended up withdrawing from the draft and is going to play in Australia next year. So that's not something I love happening. I have one follow-up though about the Charlotte hiring or the interim hiring is what do we think of an interim head coach label for the entirety of a season? I mean, at least everyone kind of understands what the situation is, but it's just the fact that you're heading into the preseason knowing it's an interim man at the, at the, at the helm. Like does that, does that change how you perceive this 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 hire? Um, I don't know. That's that's a little tough because like with recruiting, you like you don't really know if he's gonna beat her next year, being the interim. But at this late in the process, it might just been the best route to go. Yeah, uh, I feel like they're probably gonna turn him into the full time coach. At least I see that. Um even if he does a half decent job because it's just going to be tough to reel anybody else in, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, of course for recruits, there's that cloud that hovers over the Charlotte program and that's going to definitely be a hurdle to overcome, but I definitely feel like, uh, they're probably going to just make them the full-time head coach at some point by the end of the year. It puts a cap on the last grade. So Charlotte passes. Charlotte passes with its interim head coach hiring. It gets a good grade. There was a B from each of you. I know one had a – it was a B- minus from you, Kyle. And then yeah. – Just, just went, a solid B. Also went with a solid B. So there you have it. Phew. Coming back to last episode, there is all Division One, all the new names at the top of each Division One program. That That is special to be able to cap that all off. But – that moves us into, for today's episode, the bulk of the intro to this podcast, the recent transfer portal activity. Arthur Kaluma lands with Kansas State. Grant Nelson heads to Alabama. I have to mention to Austin, Cam Spencer commits to UConn. I, I'm pretty sure I talked about Cam Spencer and UConn on a previous episode. I, I'm pretty confident I did. I, I think I'm, I was the one that said UConn. I think you said Miami. No, but I, you, you just know why you don't have that backwards. Because remember, I was saying uh, Rutgers to UConn geographically, that made like decent sense. Like you, That's definitely something that I, I, I put out into we'll, the We'll have to go back and uh, play We're the tape. To, I need to dig up the receipts. <laughs> I, I'm, that's on me for failing to do that. But but without all that further ado, I touched on some of those bigger names. But, I mean, Austin, in the time since we last spoke, what's the biggest takeaways you have from this recent activity in the transfer portal? Yeah, well... Uh, one thing is Arthur Kluma to Kansas State. I think this is a great move, uh, both for Kluma and K-State. I know there was some buzz about him going to Kentucky, but when I look at this, I think he went to the place that's uh, best for him outside of like the place that just needs him the most because they just don't have anyone else. And I think like, I mean, I'm not going to say he's Keontae Johnson, but like he could be like kind of play the uh, Walmart brand Keontae Johnson, like kind of the same role like they're they're different players but at the same time they're kind of similar and I think it just adds a lot to a K-State team that was looking a little thin they don't have as many contributors and he can absolutely contribute right away no I love the move um I think it's the best fit for Kaluma I think it's the best 
uh, fit school-wise, um, best move on uh, both sides. And that's what you love about the transfer portal when both parties really seem to win. And I feel like it did here. Like I moved K-State up a lot because of this move. Um, you know, there's obviously some unsureness and like guys like Cam Carter, whether they'll be able to break out. Um, you know, so they need somebody who can score the basketball. And Kaluma can. Is he the most efficient? No. But uh, I think it's something a tank can work with. Um, he's a uh, coach who's worked with a lot of firepower. So I feel like he can make it work. And uh, yeah, Keontae had an amazing season with them. So uh, I definitely feel like Kaluma can make a bit of a jump this year and will be really good next to Perry and guys like that. And it gives them another legit scoring option. Yeah, uh, Grant Nelson to Alabama is next mm-hmm. on the list. And, like, I, I never saw Grant Nelson as, like, an NBA prospect. Like, I know, like, NBA draft Twitter really liked him because that, like, highlight video came out, which I don't think that's really putting the full picture of who Grant Nelson is. But I still think he's a great college basketball player. Like, Summit plays no defense, which definitely boosted some of his stats a lot. But like he's still like really he moves really well for like a big man. Shooting is still a work in progress, which was a little concerning because at the combine he was basically like just like a pick and pop shooter, which he's not super good. I mean, he has a shot, it's just not like consistently there. But this is still a great pickup for Alabama. They needed bodies in the front court, and he is a body in the front court that can be a very good college basketball player. Probably not an NBA future, uh, maybe not like a first-round pick like people thought he would be, but he's still really talented, really athletic, really skilled. Definitely improves Alabama's outlook, although he's not, maybe not the strongest SEC defensive player, which Alabama might struggle if they don't have a good defense. Yeah, um, so one of my takes is definitely about Alabama. I'm not really sold on them at all. Um, you know, especially with Grant Nelson, me and Austin have been very critical of him. Um, you know, we just we've watched Grant Nelson full game form last year, right? And you know, there's some some games where I kind of liked him. Then I watch him against Oral Roberts, and you're up against Connor Vanover, someone you should be able to at least push around in the post and like offer your skill set against and he got absolutely annihilated in that matchup. He had like what seven points, five points. The only post moves I kind of see from him are these, I don't know, these simple post hooks. I'm like, for somebody that's like an NBA prospect, you got to be showing off a variety of skills. You got to be able to spread the floor. I know he's got kind of a handle, but like, you can't really just be a big that can handle the ball and like the SEC and think that's going to work. Like, the ball's going to get ripped from him. I just don't think he's going to be able to out-mobile SEC bigs. Like, they're very mobile. They're very athletic. Um, I just don't – I don't see it working. Defensively, I definitely don't see it working. Um, does he make them better? Yeah, I would say so because they had nobody else in the front court. They have Nick Pringle and, the, um, you know, they, yeah, they like have a freshman. Hey, so, obviously, they get a little better. But, I mean, I don't even have them top 32. I, I just, I'm not sold on – you know, I feel like if Aaron Estrada is not hitting shots, like where's the offense going to come from? Um, Grant Nelson might be looked at as like, you know, their next guy, which is not good. Like we don't need to be looking there. I, I know Griffin's good. I believe in Griffin. Um, and obviously Wright's will kind of contribute, but I'm kind of sus about how he will contribute to – 
although he can score the ball definitely um so yeah definitely and and Sears I've never been a huge fan of like I I loved him the first half of the year at Ohio I remember that first half of the year I'm like this kid can really play and Ohio was at the top of the MAC and then that second half of the year they just completely fell apart he wasn't able to go past guys because he's not super quick he, he's good in the mid-range um but like a lot of people raved about him as he had this elite season. And then I look and he's like 10 points a game, 39% from the field, uh, like 32, 33% from three. I'm like, that's really nothing to write home about for me. And they're going to need perimeter shooting too. Um, Estrada is more of an off the dribble guy. So they're going to need like off the ball guys around him. And he's not the most willing passer. So that's one of my takes. So I kind of went into it, but. I feel like people are overreacting to Alabama right now, for sure. Yeah, last night on Nelson, like, a lot of times in the Summit League, he was just able to, like, just grab rebounds, like, over, like, the other Summit League centers and just, like, dunk it in. Like, that is not going to fly in SEC at all. Like, SEC bigs are going to be, like, big. Like, him going up against, like, Tolu Smith, like, he's going to get dominated in the paint in that situation. Exactly. So, let's see. Uh, We can talk about Olivier Kamat to Michigan, which was a little bit of an interesting recruitment. Michigan was, like, out of it, and then they were back into it, and they got him, which this is is good for – I think – I kind of like this all around. Like, maybe I mean, Michigan still isn't going to be that good, in my opinion, but he's going to be their best player, and I think this is the best step for him uh, if he wants to boost his NBA draft stock because – Juwan can definitely get guys to NBA. Like, that's not really been his problem with coaching. And so, yeah, I, I kind of like this move. Um, Would have liked to see him go to Kansas State, as I mentioned earlier, but they got Kluma, which is kind of like kind of a wash almost. So that that's why on the episode that we talked about, the guys left, I had him going to K-State, but they basically got another version of him. So, yeah, I I like this move. Yeah, no, I love Olivier. Um, now, is he a number one option kind of guy? No. So that's why I kind of like Kaluma there better at K-State. I wanted Olivier at Baylor. There's somebody who needs defense. Uh, they need interior defense. They need some perimeter defense. And he's so versatile, one through five. He can guard one through five in any conference. Like He's extremely strong, even at 6'9", um, to where he can body up some centers even. Like, he's extremely versatile that's why i love him as an nba prospect so him going to jawan a team that does need some defense too so he'll he will bring that um and he's going to turn him into i think a better offensive player now will it contribute to winning games i don't know about that um you know i don't think he's a number one option type of guy but um you know i I feel like it's great for his future and that's what austin was saying so um it's a great move for him now, is it, you know, a great move for college basketball? You know, his future in college? Probably not. You know, I think if he went to Baylor, you know, they would have been really, really good. Um, but for his future, and that's what it's about at the end of the day, um, he makes a good move here. Yeah, um, Cam Spencer going to UConn. I think this is perfect for UConn because they needed someone to fill in that two-guard spot. Like, it was either him or, like, Solomon Ball, who's, like, a— four-star freshman so this is like significant like Spencer obviously has his ups and his downs uh in areas of his game but like 
it's just such an improvement for them when they're able to replace like a huge uncertainty with a guy that is like proven to be the best player or one of the best players on a power six team. I think it's a perfect fit. UConn needed a backcourt made for Tristan Newton. Um, I would run Spencer at point guard. I love his decision-making. He's really smart with the basketball. I feel like the offensive system he was running last year was very limited. Um, I feel like he can really tap into his potential as like a facilitator this year with weapons around him. He could be a great post passer for Clinton. He can get Tristan Newton a lot of good looks. Um, you know, I, I feel like in that role, he's better because of running a shooting guard. He plays off ball tremendously. He can knock down shots. Um, he's just really good to have. You can use him in a variety of scenarios um, at guard. And he's, someone UConn needed like I wasn't too high on UConn before this now like they're a top 10 team to me um you know they're definitely right in that conversation and that was a a move that they needed and uh Danny Hurley's definitely going to just have another great offense this year no doubt yep um Zion Pullen committed to Florida and I think this is great because like uh, Todd Golden, when he when he had his good season at San Francisco, where they made a tournament, they ran a lineup of uh, two point guards, a wing, and then two bigs. And the way this roster shakes up at Florida, he has the opportunity to do the exact same thing, running with uh, Walter Clayton and then pulling in the backcourt. You have Riley Kugel with a wing, and then you can play uh, Tyree Samuel and Micah Hanglockton in the front court, which I, I really like how this roster is shaping out, so... Poland, Poland is a fantastic scorer, can really pass the ball too, really just adds a lot to this Florida team. And they should be like really good this year. No, 100%. I think it was the perfect pickup. I was you know, preaching it for a while and they made it happen. Um, You know, you put that next to Walter Clayton, just two really high IQ guards. Like Poland is not just a scorer. He's very under control. He knows how to navigate in the lane. Uh, he doesn't turn the ball over a ton. He's very efficient. Two really high IQ guards that are be willing passers next to Kugel is just going to be fantastic. Plus, you can really move someone like Will Richard to the bench in a three and D role, which is going to be awesome. Six man, um, it's going to be really nice. And they can run that. You know, I really feel like going small, um, and going quick in the SEC is going to be good. Um, you know, uh, you want a lot of quickness on the perimeter to get past those uh taller defenders. Um, things like that. And I like running the two bigs because you got to be able to hold your own on the glass. So running Samuel and Micah would be pretty nice. I'm not going to lie there, especially if you have three wings that can all shoot the ball. You can get away with running two bigs. So um, I really love how Florida's looking and they're a top 15 team to me. I really think they're ready um, to really put people on, on, on notice. Yeah, speaking about Todd Golden, his former assistant Chris Gerlifson landed Mongolian Mike, Mike Sheriff Jamps, the Dayton transfer who uh, almost went pro, but he eventually decided to come back to college. And instead of going to a high major program, he went to the San Francisco Dons, which is an interesting move. Um, I would have thought he'd been a, maybe a better fit, some high majors where he can really like show out on a bigger stage. But I think this is still good for him. Uh, the Dons definitely have some talent. And um, I also read, I think, that he chose San Francisco a lot because of the Asian community there, which is a big influence in San Francisco, obviously. So I kind of like this because I was like the biggest San Francisco fan ever in the uh, 
21-22 season when Golden was there. So, yeah, I, I gen- genuinely like to see them succeed, and this is a huge pickup. Yeah, and no, it makes them a lot better. Uh, definitely caught me a little bit off guard. You know, another recruit in Nebraska loses out on. Um, but, no, it makes them a lot better, and they have a lot of I- – I loved what their assistant did last year. They definitely, I feel like, overachieved a bit. They were really competitive in games where I didn't think they would be. Record-wise, okay, you know, there's something there. But I do like him as as a coach. So um, getting him some real talent at guard um, next to some D2 and Juco guys are supposed to be really good in, in Austin's eyes. So um, I definitely feel like they're going to be a uh, really improved team this year and uh, be an interesting team in the West Coast Conference. Yeah, these last few transfers don't really have to say much about them. They're not huge names, but just going to roll through them. Cam Woods, Danchi State, definitely adds some more scoring pop out the bench, can pass decently as well. Um, Wilhelm Breidenbach committed to Washington, pretty skilled big, definitely uh, adds some big man depth and strength up there for Washington. Nate Santos, solid bench piece at Pitt. Um to Dayton should be in a little bit of a bigger role at Dayton. Solid pickup. And then Julian Richwain joins Zion Pullen at Florida. He is hypothetically a good shooter. He was terrible shooting the ball this year, but was a really good shooter in that on a 21-22 Don team. So and any quick hits on those um four transfers I just mentioned, Kyle. Yeah, just good depth pickups. Um, you know, uh Especially, I think Nate Santos is pretty interesting at Dayton. Uh, I feel like he'll be pretty interesting and whatever. He'll definitely be cut out for a bigger role. I actually liked Cam Woods a lot to NC State. Um, you know, you get another guard, you can really score the ball off the bench. Gets you a little bit of a scoring punch to help requ- uh, replace uh, Terquavion Smith. So, um, I like that move for them. NC State's had a pretty solid portal season. Like, they've picked up a lot of guys. Um, a lot of people think that we should talk about them more. Um, you know, I, I don't think they hit on every transfer get, but, um, you know, they definitely bought in a lot of guys and, uh, they definitely didn't lose a ton, you know, from last year. They're definitely making a good effort to try and be as good as last year, which I, I, I commend, you know, I commend that they're not, um, you know, just throwing in the white flag after they lose their highly touted guard. So they've done a good job. So I, I feel like a lot of those pickups are solid death pieces, which will be pretty important. So. Yeah, and for the teams out there, I didn't get any of these guys. There are have been a few decent names going to the portal in the last week. Most notable one is probably Jordan Brown for Louisiana. Former five-star recruit, was really dominant at Louisiana. Also, obviously started at Nevada and then went to Arizona where he was Pac-12 six-man of the year. Basically, any team that needs a big will want him. I haven't really heard of really list for him yet i know there was some concern that he might not be eligible would have thought he would have graduated after five years i think he's been in college but well he, he's a graduate transfer he's listed as a graduate transfer also. okay i just saw like someone tweet that there were some eligibility concerns but i didn't think there would be so i guess we'll just see how that situation plays out but yeah paul mulcahy also entered the portal there's been a wide range of teams for him not really going to bring that list up it's kind of been everywhere but anyone who needs a point guard will want him he's a very solid point guard piece has good size for the position um 
and Willems Lebec. Anyone who doesn't get Jordan Brown will probably want him. Um, he's not amazing, but he's a he started in the a ten. He started in SEC last year, so I think he's a solid piece that will probably end up going high major. That wouldn't have gone high major if he would have entered in the uh, thick of the portal season. So he's playing his cards right if he wants to get money and some playing time in a good place. That's for sure. Um, yeah, especially for some guys that know their stock isn't the highest holding out is quite smart. And, uh, you know, now that teams that are desperate for centers, <clears throat> Mizzou, uh, they'll <laughs> definitely be reaching out to Williams Levesque and, you know, guys like that and any, any center they can get their hands on. Cause there's still teams without centers out there, like definitely, which is surprising with all the centers that were in the portal this year and there's still teams that are slacking off. So, um, and I love Jordan Brown. I think he's a program changer type player. Like he will completely even change a power five program. I, I think he's been a power five player for years. Um, he's got so many post moves. I mean, he's got one of the biggest post bags I've seen out of a mid-major player for damn sure. Um, and he's extremely strong. He plays defense. Um, so whoever gets him, I mean, I thought maybe Arkansas, but I haven't heard anything since he's I, been. I think that, uh, he might've burned a bridge with, uh, must when he didn't like must didn't play him at all at Nevada. That's true. That's true. Uh, you know, they don't, you know, players don't forget those things. Trust me. <laughs> so uh, I have no idea where he goes, honestly. Uh, anyone's guess is, is a good one at this point. So I'm excited to see where he goes for sure. Yep. All right, Dan, you want to lead us into the overreactions? It'd be my pleasure. Yeah, this 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 is the headliner of the episode, I'd say. There was much planning by both sides here of this virtual debate desk. Austin and Kyle each come to the table with we'll be hearing several overreactions. They may be overreactions or that's up for debate. They might they might be just hot takes or just strong convictions about the landscape of college basketball as we see it with rosters almost set across the country. So Austin and Kyle, do we need to flip a coin or something? Who's going to get first dibs on this? We did hear a bit from Kyle about, he was speaking about Alabama. He has a take on the Crimson Tide, it sure sounds like. Uh, but but how are we going to settle settle the square? Who, who's going to be up first? I won first. So basically, I think Austin should go. All right. Well, I'll go to my first uh, take. And my first one is that Xavier will be contending for the Big East regular season championship. And I feel like a lot of people aren't really taking them into account how good they might actually be. And part of the reason for this is that a lot of the top teams in the Big East kind of dropped a little bit over the NBA draft stuff. Like UConn was like supposed to be really good. Now I'm not super high on them compared to others. Marquette was like arguably number one. They're still up there, but losing Omax is definitely a big hit. Um, Yeah, and I think they're right in that mix with the transfers they brought in. I think Zach Fremantle, he can like really go back to what he was his sophomore season with um with Abu Usman in the front court. Like Usman's not a guy that's really gonna have much usage, he's just gonna sit in the paint, uh play physical, get some rebounds, stuff like that. So Fremantle can really kind of work and show off more of his offensive skill set, which didn't really get a show with Nunji, even though Nunji was very good. Like those two players just didn't really work together. They were almost too similar and it just wasn't a good fit um and i really like their backcourt like i think you get a little bit of everything from davion mcknight and quincy oliveri oliveri is more of like a shooter and mcknight can really score at the rim 
So you kind of get everything. McKnight's a solid passer. Like, I mean, Sule Boom, the Conference USA ties worked for Xavier last year. Might as well go with it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. But um, yeah, and then you have some like other good players that are like like Desmond Claude really came on towards the end of last year. Should be poised for a bigger season. And um, Jerome Hunter was like amazing at the end of last year. And like for him to be a six man, that's like really solid. You got guys like Trey Green, who I really like as an incoming freshman. He is going to be really good in college. And you also got some other like highly ranked recruits and like Cam Krabs, the guy who I like last year. So really, I just like the Xavier team overall. And like, I don't think they're that far out from like contending or I'm not, I'm not going to say they're going to win the Big East, but I think they'll be like right there. Like, I think this definitely could be a top 15 team nationally, even though they've lost a lot from last season. I think they reloaded and Sean Miller has been a very good coach. And I th- I think the Xavier team is like really good. I agree. Um, I'm, We've both really big on them. Uh, he had an elite transfer class, definitely like top five in the country for a while for me. Um, getting great conference USA guards are going to translate. I, I can confidently say that it's one of the best mid-major conferences. Um, Quincy is a guy I love. Davion plays good defense too. Like they'll be better defensively in the backcourt than they were last year. Um, and that was an issue for them. Um, for sure, just their defense. And Abu Uzmain would be a good rim protector as well. So they got better down low on defense, and they got better on the perimeter on defense. That's a huge thing, let alone, you know, their depth now is really damn good. Plus you got great shot creating guards on the perimeter. I mean, they're a contender for the Big East title. People should not be sleeping on them. Yeah. And you mentioned how they got better on defense. Like the defensive concerns are what limited their season last year. And if those are not completely gone necessarily, but fixed to an extent that definitely makes them a little bit more contending team this year, in my opinion. But the offensive firepower they have, they just need to improve a little bit defensively, and I think they've done that. So um, I guess we'll go to mine. Um, Let's go. Let's stay in the Big East. I think St. John's is a top 25 team with the addition of Simeon Wilcher. Um, I just think that their bench needed a little bit of a boost, and they got one. Um, He's from Russell Catholic, which is in New Jersey. Uh, It's a great, great high school um i don't know much about him um admittedly but he was committed to north carolina i'm not you know he's a big time prospect um and you get to bring that off the bench and they already have uh, an amazing starting five and plus uh you can get him off the bench there and they have they're getting better depth wise as well so I, i really feel like you got jordan dingle I don't know if Dennis is his waiver yet. It's kind of looking like he does. I don't know. Uh, so he'd be their point guard. They got RJ Luis, the small forward. Uh, then you got Joel Soriano at the at the five. And uh, at the four, I'm kind of blanking right now. They could go with Probably Glenn Taylor. Uh, they don't really have a true four because yeah. like him and Luis are both threes that like can play to four. But like they're not true fours. Hey, you know Looking... what? I'll, I'll say this: uh, Simeon could definitely grow into that role. Um, from what I know, he's pretty big too. So um... yeah, I think he's kind of in the same boat. Maybe like okay. the two, three. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, they they could play RJ Luis at the four. I mean, Soriano's is so big inside that like, yeah. I mean, you only really need one like big guy, and you can play four perimeter. 
Um, I agree. Zuby EGO four is good, but he's more of like a true five. And I don't know if him and Soriano together is going to be amazing. There's multiple ways you can do this, but either way, either way you look at it, St. John's is going to be very good this season. And plus, I mean, you have good defense. I think they're going to be pretty good. Soriano down there. RJ Luis is a good defender. Um, and you know, obviously the guard spot, you're a little sus defensively. Um, but with the firepower they'll have offensively, plus you have Rick Patino. Um, I think that's a top 25 team to me. Yeah, I agree. So I'll just go into my, right into my second, uh, overreaction, hot take, whatever you want to call it. Moving, uh, to the big 12. We talked about K-State earlier, but I'm going to talk about one their players and my, uh, take is that Tyler Perry will be an All-American this year. And um, some, I mean, I don't know like how controversial that really is. Like, it sounds a little odd, like just talking about it at first, but like he was really good at North Texas. Like, I don't think people realize how good he was. Like he, he was second in the country in wind shares behind Edie, obviously. So like he he's super effective. Like, I don't think it's really like a downgrade going from Marquise Noel to him. Like obviously different players, like Noel is definitely more of a passer. Um, but P- Perry definitely brings, I think Perry's def- way more efficient, way more efficient. Um, plays defense a little defense. bit more. Yes. So overall, I think it's like not a downgrade. Um yeah, like Perry had a 63.5 true shooting percentage. So, like, he's efficient. Like, he can really shoot. And, like, his, some of his stats don't, like, jump out to you because he played on North Texas. Like, North Texas played – I don't know if they were the slowest – they might have been the slowest tempo in the country. Um, I'll actually check Inferno right here. Because I, Two years ago, been. they definitely were. This year, I actually don't think so. And they, Perry's the only reason they weren't. <laughs> Let's see. They were they were they were the slowest team in the country. They were down there as well last year, but yeah, they were three hundred sixty third in the country in tempo, which is the last. So yeah, like okay. he okay. averaged like seventeen, eighteen points per game. Like you play like a faster pace, and that suddenly that's like twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. Like he can really play, and like yeah, like and he's gonna be the guy for K State, like. And then, like, that also combines with, like, how good Tang is. Like, Tang turned, like, Noel into an All-American. Like, Noel was, Noel was always a little good, but, like, he wasn't, like, that good before he got coached by Tang. And, like, Perry right now is significantly better than Noel was, like, looked at heading into last season. So, I think this is just the perfect fit. Like, he's really going to have his opportunity to lead a team and I think I think they're going to be pretty good again because I'm just super high on Perry. I'm super high on Tang. Clume addition is nice, but I love Tyler Perry. So that's why I think he will be a member of the All-American team this year. Yeah, no, I mean, you just got to look at his usage rate at North Texas was just insane. I mean, every shot down the stretch he would take, every shot in the fourth quarter was coming out of his hands. Like, it was insane. And the fact that he would still... Uh, get them to be a winning ball club is just insane, you know, because he's one guy um, and he's like 5'10", um, but he's got amazing shot creating skills. He's incredible on defense for his size. Like, 
I'm really, really scared to see what he turns into with Jerome Tang. It's just going to be so fun to see. All right. Um, I'll go to my next one. I think we'll have a whole Kentucky segment. So I'm going to save mine. <laughs> um, I'm going to say uh, people are saying that Indiana is like this elite. And, you know, this happens every year because it's Indiana and their fan base. Um, they get hyped every year. Uh, they're a top 32 team with their moves for elite talent. I mean, they, they are talented, but I don't think they're elite college basketball players. So when you talk about someone like Kalel Ware, um, motor is the first thing that anyone really thinks of. Um, you know, he's just disinterested a lot of times. Like um, his body language isn't exactly the best. He's not posting guys up. He's always on the perimeter. Um, you know, he's, he's more of a stretch five and he's always been like, he should have been like Oregon's like top guy last year. He really should have been, but like, he doesn't demand the basketball, you know, he's not in positions to get the ball. Um, you know, obviously part of it is kind of due to Dana over there. Maybe, um, I don't really know, but he's just, and then you just worry about, you know, him in transition. Is he going to run um, up and down the court well? Is he going to get back on defense? Is he going to rim run? And I just, I don't know. I really, people are just hyping it because he was this insane talent. And I don't think Mike Woodson is exactly the guy to fix an elite talent. Like Mike Woodson's track record as a coach is very deep and it's not one that I love. Um, he's had an insane talent there with a guy like Trace Jackson Davis, who's we were talking about the other day, a generational college basketball player. Um, you lose that and, you know, his will to win, which is something that I don't think Lel really possesses. Um, but obviously um, it's not just Lel where I have an issue with. It's also their backcourt. Uh, Xavier Johnson's a good player. No no doubt. Um, he's definitely grown throughout his career as a player. Um, you know, even at Pitt, he was pretty solid too. Um, but uh, both sides of the ball, he's good. Um, but he's not really a guy who's going to give you 15 a game consistently. You know, he's a, he's a distributor. He's trying to get his teammates involved. Um, he is definitely more of a pure point guard. And then at the two guard, you got a guy like Trey Galloway who's – again a good player but like he's not a guy who's going to create his own shot he's someone who can who plays off of other guys yeah Trey Galloway just kind of is what he is right he's Um, fine but for Indiana to be good I think Gabe Cups needs to really emerge this year um I think he needs to grow into a big role which I think he can do um it's just does Mike Woodson trust him does he want to elevate an underclassman into such a big role right away because Gabe Cups is a shot creator um all three levels He's actually very athletic, which a lot of people don't know. Um, he's a good finisher, great shooter. Um, you know, he brings an element of shot creation that I think even Xavier Johnson doesn't bring. Like off the dribble, he's really dynamic. Um, Xavier Johnson's he, he can get to the basket um, in terms of like creating his own mid range, creating his own three point shot. He's got to be wide open, like um, so. That's just something they definitely lack there too. They have good depth, but. They also do have like front court issues. Like I don't know how Mackenzie McBacco or uh, Clell Ware is going to work with each other. And then you got Malik Renault too, who's a good player. Um, yeah, the fit there is kind of sus. So like I'm not buying Indiana at all. I'd probably have them six through nine in the Big Ten. Like there are some Big Ten teams that I don't entirely hate. Like Illinois's gotten a lot better. 
Um, you know, I wasn't entirely sold on Illinois for a while, but they've definitely gotten better recently. Um, you know, you bring back Coleman Hawkins. Uh, it's, that's big. You bring back Terrence Shannon Jr. That's big. Um, and, and the Maryland's going to be pretty good. You bring back Jameer Young, who's top three point guard at the very minimum in the Big Ten. Uh, so um, I just don't think they're over any of those teams. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Like Indiana, like it's they're just such a wild card team. Like Gall- Galloway is like the one piece that's like steady almost because you kind of know what you're going to get from him. But like uh, Akshay is like, he's a good player, but he can be really out of control at times. Like you mentioned how he's like, not going to give you like 15 night. Well, sometimes he thinks he can just do that. So that's a possible issue. Mubako, like I know there's been like some people love him. Some people hate him. Like who knows which one we're going to get, but still kind of up in the air. Renew is like, I don't know if I really love him as much as like some people do. And then where's just the ultimate wild card. Like if where's like good, he could like, he has like all American ceiling, but he could also be like, do like nothing so there's just so many ways this indiana team can go uh dan, dan do you have any uh overreactions you want to share you haven't really been doing much well, well no i'm i well i've been modern <laughs> i've been i've been moving us through I, I i i was leaving it to you guys i was leaving it to you guys truly um i know that i was going to invite really just further discussion of kentucky because kyle mentioned kentucky as part of i think he was thinking about the wildcats for overreaction but that's also a special segment we have Mm. dedicated to discussion of the wildcats so i'm happy to roll that out for you guys you want to get on the kentucky (laughs) discussion train where to start (laughs) so uh i guess i'll just share my overreaction since it's you know on my list i think they're a bottom three to bottom five team in the sec and that is really controversial of course but i know amongst the heads in here it's not that controversial so i just now that you know their center uh is out or one of their front court guys who is some injury issue even if he doesn't because i know there's been some people that are like oh clutch is trying to just hold him out or things like that um he's not going to be playing um, I don't really see him playing much. Um, and they have already had front court issues before this happened, right? Now they have absolutely zero depth there. Zero. So in a conference that's dominated by rebounding and physicality in the paint, you're not going to have any experienced center or anything there. That's just a little bit of a red flag. <laughs> um and then you got the guards who, you know, obviously Wagner um, is a huge prospect, but like, I don't love the fit. Edwards is their best player for sure. Um, he's a, He was big around this area. I mean, he's from, I think he's from Philly or something like that. Like he's right in the area. So um, he's pretty highly touted around here. So is Wagner, of course, but I'm a little more iffy on Wagner because Honestly, something you gotta look at, and something you look at at high schools is shot release. Is they do they do they have a quick release? Are they able to get their shot off? And he his is definitely one of the slower releases. He definitely has to be pretty wide open if he wants to shoot the ball. And you know, as probably one of their top options, like creating space could be a problem for him against SEC defenses. Like I don't know how he's gonna be able to get a ton of shots off if he's got a slow shot release and he's not that blazing quick he's very physical he's physically imposing 
Um, but in terms of like quickness and things like that, like I, I have my doubts uh, with Wagner and obviously there are other pieces um, are very questionable. And that's without even talking about how they'll be defensively. Uh, just a group of freshmen. Um, and obviously Calipari's defense last year was bad enough. I mean, it got it got decent some games. Obviously, the Providence just couldn't throw anything in from the ocean. So there was that game. Um, but no, their defense last year left a ton to, to be desired. Now you bring in an entire group of freshmen and you're going to have to get all these ego-driven freshmen to buy in on the defensive end. Good luck with that. Like, if I'm a coach, I got my hands tied behind my back. I'm not dealing with it. Like, uh, I, I definitely do not envy John Calipari right now. He's in a shit situation. Some of it is obviously due to him. Um, but then some of it, you know, it's just a trend of modern day basketball. You know, guys come in thinking they're the man, you know, thinking they're going to be the number one option. And um, there's one basketball, like there's not four guys that are going to be the top option. You got to embrace the role and getting freshmen to think like that is so difficult in today's day and age. So like, I definitely don't envy him, envy him on that front. And, uh, yeah, I just, the SEC is so deep this year. It's the deepest it's ever been. Um, honestly, outside of South Carolina, I don't even think there's a bad team. Like Vanderbilt has improved a lot, like getting tie-in back and, they have Ezra Mannion next to him. Like Ezra and Tyen will absolutely destroy that Kentucky backcourt defensively. Like I don't even want to know what they do to it. So they could honestly finish anywhere from second to last to like, I know. And I'm serious about that. I love Calipari. I'm the biggest Calipari guy there is. Like he's a pioneer, but like at this point in his career, he's definitely kind of more on the wash side. And this roster, I am just not a fan of at all. So, yeah, I, I don't really like what they have now. Like, do you think Aaron Bradshaw even like ever plays for Kentucky? Honestly, I don't think so, especially with clutch sports. Yeah, like, like, like that's involved. a uh, that might just be a disaster. And like, he and like they needed him because he's like he's really good, mm. but like if you don't have him, like. Nobody knows what Reeves is doing yet, which right, that's big for it, them. It's it seems like in the past few days there's been momentum that he could be coming back, but still, like, like I don't know what he's doing taking summer classes at Illinois State for, but but he is so. There's that like, you have like a freshman backcourt which like, like uh DJ Wagner, Rob Dillingham, they're both very talented players, very good prospects, but like. Are they efficient winning college basketball players? Probably not. And then, like, the guys that they're going to get soon are, like, Santo Cyril, which is, like, he's a reclass. So, like, if they didn't need to need to get older and they're taking kids that are, like, younger than uh, most, like, high school seniors. And then, like, Joey Hart, who's, like, a th random three-star recruit. Like, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they got Jordan Burks, who's, like, I think people generally like him, but he's still like a like bottom end top a hundred player at like the very best. Like there's there's just not much to be like excited about unless like all these freshmen are winning college basketball players, which they're not gonna be. Like Edwards is the one I like, but like he like even then, like he's like so much younger than all these other players. Like there's a ton of fifth year players in SEC and all the power conferences and then Kentucky's rolling out a starting lineup of basically all freshmen. So, yeah, this is 
Kentucky might be like bad this year, but I don't know. Kentucky, you and I talked about Kentucky, Austin, during the regular season more times than I can count. And like I said in previous episodes, I always regretted when I counted out Coach Cal. Kyle made the case for Coach Cal. Kyle still, I think, I mean, you're sticking with Coach, but also you each are raising valid concerns. But Kentucky's going to continue to be a bear. I'm sure we're going to hear more about uh, the enigma of the SEC as the as the offseason progresses toward the preseason. But uh, Austin, are you ready to rock with the USA Team USA U19 squad? I mean, we have your notes compiled here with the names all the way from Mark Armstrong from Villanova through Cody Williams of Colorado and Van Allen Lubin, I should mention, from Vanderbilt. We touched on Vanderbilt. Kyle mentioned at Vanderbilt, an improved Vandy team. But uh, what stands out to each of you about the U19 roster? Some of the so a great way to get a look at some of the brightest young names in the sport. Well, actually, I still had a few overreactions left. So I oh, see, I, I didn't I, see you kept them secret from me. So I was ready and ready to tell you about U19. I actually yeah. love this one. I have to. Well, we, we will talk about U19 momentarily. But yeah, we <laughs> still got, got a little <laughs> off the uh, agenda there because we had skipped ahead to Kentucky instead of waiting until after overreactions because that was an overreaction. But yeah, um, uh, I think uh, this is Kenny Payne's last season at Louisville. That was my next one. And because, like, I mean, he's obviously kind of on a hot seat following whatever last season was. But, like, did they really get, like, that much better? Like, I mean, everyone talks about, like, how talent, like, how much talent he got. But, like, did he really get, like, that much talent? Like, Sky Clark was, like, Sky Clark was awful at Illinois. Like, yeah, he has potential. But, like, he's been a bad college basketball player to date. Um, then like, yeah, you get some good high school guys, like, but Trenton Flowers is a reclass. So like, he's sort of like big prospect. Like who knows if he's going to be good reclass usually don't work out to be honest, unless they're like top tier players, which flowers is more of like the later five-star category, which is not treated the same as like a top five player in reclass. But yeah. And you also got like Dennis Evans, who is also a good prospect, but view is viewed as more of a project as opposed to someone who can be right. I, I always find it funny that Dennis Evans flipped from Minnesota to Louisville. Like he just, he just doesn't want to win. Like, I don't know what's up with him, but Dennis Evans just like must be so against winning in college. But yeah, then you got like, who's your best player? Like Trey White, like Trey White was like, he was solid at USC. He was like USC's like fifth, fourth best player, probably like fifth best player as a freshman. Like, he has potential, but like with him as your best player, not like really going anywhere. Like, yeah, no, of course. Like, I thought Louisville would have a huge transfer portal season. Like, they were talking about, oh, they're saving all this NIL to go crazy in the portal. <laughs> he ended up with like Trey White as our best player. They, when they lost out on Davion McKnight, I knew things were bad. Like, they were a lock for him. Everyone thought like, that be- before he even entered the portal. Like the fact that they missed out on him is, oh, I mean, I can't blame them. I I really can't because they're a lo- they're a losing franchise right now. Um, you know, I don't know why you would want to go there. Um, no, I definitely think Kenny's probably getting canned at the end of this year. Like, they just have you need a veteran presence at the college basketball level, somebody who's you know accustomed to winning and has been a part of a winning culture. Like. I mean, I guess Trey White has kind of been a part of one, but like, 
he can't be your best player. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and like I like Trey White. I do too. Like That's he he's cool. a good player. Like I kind of wish he would have stayed at USC, but like right. or, or he could have like gone to like Alabama. I know they were recruiting him. Like should have gone there. He could have been like their starting four, even though he's more like a three. Like he can he's like a small ball four. And probably but, yeah. like the fit better with Trey White there and Grant Nelson almost. So yeah, I mean <laughs> he plays defense like different. Yeah. They are, they are players, but yeah, like they're, they're probably going to end up being worse than Notre Dame, even though on paper they have oh, they significantly are. more talent. Um, oh, actually, no, I think about it. I, I don't know. I, I we have to, like, we have to see that crap off ourselves, man. <laughs> but like, Shrewsbury is a good coach. Like, he's yeah. not gonna, like, he's gonna, he's gonna raise the floor, and Kenny Payne just lowers the floor and sinks to the floor. So. <laughs> collapses the floor <laughs> yeah yeah that's gonna be something to behold the bottom of the acc this year is gonna be something that's for sure is it bottomless is it <laughs> oh, i'm about to say is there even like a two-team bottom it's probably like a 16 bottom <laughs> all yeah, right well so for me i have and they've been a big topic of discussion because Paul Mulcahy, he's a big name around college basketball. He's been the last couple of years, and all the big pages have come out. Oh, Rutgers is losing all these all these people and talent. They lost uh, McBaco. They should have. They were in on him, I think, maybe. Uh, but um, so they kind of lost out on him, and then they lose out on Mulcahy, and then they lose out on Camp Spencer. But not enough people are talking about who Rutgers still has and I, Gavin Griffiths is someone I saw play last year. He, he's an incredible prospect. Like I don't even think he's a four star to me. He's a five star. He's got all the tools that can really translate, uh, especially in the big 10. He's six, eight. He can attack off the dribble. He can shoot from all three levels. He can finish. He's got potential to be a great defender. If he puts on muscle, which will be just a matter of time. Um, he's a tremendous, tremendous player. I feel like he could start right from day one. So you have him, you got Noah Fernandez, who obviously with UMass, UMass was a train wreck this year. I feel like Frank Martin definitely had a lot to do with it. Like his coaching style is controversial and guys don't always buy into it. And it definitely wasn't working this year. So Noah sat out. I don't even think he was hurt. Um, he was just in street clothes all year. So I feel like, you know, you go from Frank Martin, who's an aging coach, who someone who I did love. I love Frank Martin, but I think his best days are behind him. Um, and you go to a new and, you know, up and coming coach and Steve Peichel, who will get he gets everybody to buy in. Everybody is always bought in on his culture, his defensive culture. Obviously, Noah's not a great defensive player and probably won't ever will be, but he'll definitely be someone who'll be trying and will want to be out there. And we all know the pick and roll scorer he can be um, in the mid range, the way he's able to create space. Him and Cliff will be a special pick and roll this year. Uh, coming off Cliff Omaruri's screens is going to be really, really something to behold. Um, and then plus you have guys like Mag and Hyatt who have are great two way players. Like um, you know, Mag is a great three and D guy. He's pretty efficient. Once some people say that. He changed the Rutgers whole season when he went down. Um, and there's definitely some validity to that. Um, 
Plus you get Hyatt back. Who's, you know, like a fifth or sixth year at this point. I've lost track. He's been in college forever. <clears throat> um, And then you have um, who I love maybe the most. And I was at this game. We were up 20, 25 on Rutgers at halftime. I thought this game was over. Rutgers placed down how slow they play. But then Derek Simpson answered the call and he just, everyone else was not doing anything. Caleb McConnell, Paul Mulcahy were not playing well at all. So this freshman's like, you know what? I'm just going to take things into my own hands and was just so aggressive. He was insane defensively. He was attacking the rim. He was hitting mid-range, contested shots off the dribble. He is a special, special player. Um, I feel like he's Geo Baker, but with defense. Like, he's got an insane ceiling. Um, you put him next to Noah. We'll see how that fit works, but it's got a ton of potential. Um, you know, Derek can be the defensive guy. Noah can be more of the floor general. Derek can play off guard, too. Off ball, I mean, as well. So, um, he's a good shooter. You got Griffiths, who can play, like, the three. You got Mag, who could play the four or Hyatt. And then you got Cliff at the five. You got a couple solid depth pieces there, whoever doesn't start. I think they're still a very good team. I don't think they're a loser in the transfer portal, that's for sure. Um, especially you want to see what the losers of the transfer portal really are right now. But we can go into that. Like they're definitely not a loser. They, you know, obviously losing Cam Spencer sucks, but I mean they have two really capable floor generals and uh you know, guys that definitely need playing time. Um, you know, I kind of want to see what Noah can do in a full-time role back in, you know, in power five play or in power five play. I don't think he's ever been power five. Um, and then Derek Simpson in a feature role, um, you know, obviously with Cam Spencer, uh, the role is kind of weird there. Um, you know, he would probably not get a ton of time or as much time as he probably needs. So um, getting him and putting him in a feature role is going to be really special. And I, I believe in Paykel to, you know, elevate that team this year to be better than what people think. And the next year is their just insane year. They could be like top 10, like they're going to be insane next year. So. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if I'm fully there on records, like being that good this year, but I think a lot of your points were valid. Like I'm a big fan of Simpson. I'm a big fan of Griffiths. I just, I don't know. I, I think the portal losses are still going to hurt a little, like, losing them this late like especially spencer because yeah, he's he, he was really good last year i i'm not sure i'm fully fully agree with him being okay but like i said i kind of agree with your player assessments it might hurt them that meg will probably still be out to start the yeah. season but he, he he should come back eventually so yeah, Especially um, the Big Ten this year, you know, there's the mid-tier teams, which I definitely feel like they can yeah. hang with. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So I'll just run through my next take really quick because we already kind of mentioned that. And this is like, it's just like nobody in the SEC is going to be like awful and there could be double-digit tournament teams, which I mean, we already like basically talked about this, but like even South Carolina, like they're clearly the worst team in my opinion, but like, that they got significantly better. Like they added uh Miles Studi, who was a little up and down, but he's still an upgrade from who they had. They got BJ Mack, who's really good. Right. And then like like Juju Jackson was like bad. Like yeah, I, I think I think they're better off without him. Like his awesome. on off numbers were like concerning. Like it's it's definitely kind of a good thing that they got I mean, he's obviously a tremendous talent, but like 
he he was not at all a winning player to college level. He yeah. was very far from it. So I think like under like a new foundation where they actually have some time to build, like they can be a solid team in time. Still won't be that this year, but they they can build to that. Like and then you look at who was at the bottom last year. Besides South Carolina, you had like LSU really revamped their roster this portal season, and it should be like a bubble team or contending for the tournament. You have Ole Miss completely revamped their roster with Chris Beard and completely revamped their coach, which is arguably bigger than revamping their roster. Um, you and we have Florida who struggled at times last year. They will be very good as we talked about earlier. So yeah, like you talked about Vanderbilt, like they might be the second worst team in the league and they're not even bad. Like Lubin could be like really good. Like the guards are good. Like, like any team, like besides like, South Carolina has a shot at a tournament. I'm not sure if I'm there with Georgia. Like, they definitely got better and have some intriguing pieces for sure. So, like, the SEC is very good this year. Maybe not, like, super top-heavy, but, like, they are super deep. Like, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not in there on, like, the top teams. Like, I don't think Arkansas is really as good as some people are saying. Obviously, like, Kentucky's down. Alabama I don't love. But, like, these are all still tournament teams. Of course. And maybe not team, Kentucky, but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see about Kentucky. Uh, but this could be another nine sixteen year. I agree. Um, no, I definitely think ten to even twelve bids is a possibility. You can look yeah. at anything in that range and like you wouldn't be entirely surprised going through these rosters that we've gone through because they're all good. I mean uh, I probably even overlooking South Carolina a little bit. Like I forgot they had BJ Mack completely. And then they have Josh Gray down there still, who's a good center. Um, a lot of teams and a lot of people I've talked to definitely like him down there. So maybe they do get better with Gigi uh, without him. I mean, uh, then he's still have Michi as well. So he's an got, up and got Talon Cooper as well. Oh, oh yeah. I love Talon Cooper. Uh, you know, getting him out of, Shoot, I think South Carolina is an upgrade over Minnesota even. So. Yeah, he, he's another guy who just doesn't like to win. Like, all these <laughs> yeah. players leaving Minnesota are just going to, like... Wasn't he at DePaul? No, he was at, he was at uh, Minnesota. Yeah, before... He, he went he from Moorhead State. State. That's yes. right. He was a winner there. <laughs> yeah. Um, But, no, yeah, I definitely feel like the SEC is just incredibly deep. And if Kentucky doesn't want to try and doesn't want to get along they could find themselves in a scary scary spot so yes you see is old too mm-hmm. which really does not help you in techie no. um do you have any more of your overreactions left so i no, will head to my last one which is i know you probably share the same belief on this one that new mexico will win the mountain west like th- this team is like stacked like like, for, forget the Mountain West. Like, Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn, like, Jr., that is one of the best backcourts in the country. Like, regardless of conference, regardless of anything. Like, they're both super good, bringing both of them back. Um, They kind of retooled their front court with additions like Nelly Jr. Joseph, Mustafa Amzil, Isaac Mushilla. You got Jamal Baker on the wing. You got two four-stars. You got a breakout player in Donovan Dent, who I'm really not sure is where his opportunity to break out is, but he's still an amazing prospect that, like, I really like to have some good years in the future. So, yeah, like, this team is, like, probably the most talented team in Mountain West. Like, 
and like Patino, Richard Patino, like jury's still kind of out and like how good he really is, but he's not a bad coach. Like he's not a bad coach. Like he probably shouldn't have been fired in Minnesota looking back at it. And maybe that's more just a side effect of Ben Johnson, but like this, this team is like looking really good. And like combined with like another reason is like San Diego state is not looking like amazing. Like they were yeah, last year. Like, but, like they'll still be like top 25 ish. Like they're, they're the San Diego state just has such a high floor, but I'm not sure if their ceiling is like anywhere close yeah. to what it was last year. So of course. Yeah. That's, um, and honestly, UNLV will be right there as well. Um, I feel like UNLV is a team that has improved a lot. But anyway, back to New Mexico take. Um, Talent-wise, they're just off the charts. Their ceiling is so high. Obviously, I kind of expected them to take a little more of a leap last year, especially with how they started the season. They kind of fooled us. You know, some people want to say they were never good, which is just false. Um, you know, they beat St. Mary's at St. Mary's, which is a huge feat. When um, at San Diego State. And at San Diego State. And, you know, they played really well in non-con. Um, and then, you know, what kind of happened was they went back to their defensive issues from the year previous. And they really needed to take care of that. And I feel like they did. You get a guy from a really defensive-oriented team in Fresno State. They are all about defense over there, and he's a six-year senior. So Jamarl Baker is about as experienced as you'll get, and he's been a defensive guy his whole career. Um, So definitely bringing him in will extremely help the defense Um, because I think House is a great defender, of course, but Mashburn exerts a ton offensively, so he doesn't play a ton of defense. So to get a guy like Baker to help out Mashburn defensively will be great. Um, and then you get a guy like Nelly Jr. Joseph, who is an elite rim protector at any level, in my opinion. Uh, the skills that he brings, um, he's a really disciplined defender as well. He stays out of foul trouble. He's a smart player. Um, and he's a very talented guy who I think can take even a bit of a leap offensively uh, with the proper touches in the pick and roll with Jalen House and Mashburn. They'll definitely look for him for sure. Yeah, I mean, like Udeze was really good last year, and I still don't think he's really that talented. Like, right? Like, I I don't know if Nelly is going to be like the player that he was like when you take everything into effect. But Mm -hmm. I I think he definitely has a more offensive skill. uh, Nelly Junior Joseph does. Nelly's definitely the more talented guy, I think, like basketball wise. But he's not going to get the touches Udeze got last year. No, no question about it. There's just so much talent and and more guys now. Um, but I feel like, you know, Morris definitely had his defensive limitations being only six, eight. He was pretty big. Doesn't get off the floor. Great. He's not that athletic. Nelly is much more athletic. Definitely. He's lankier. That's where they can definitely get better there. And then Alec wasn't great defensively at all. There's, he definitely got targeted a lot in those pick and rolls, uh, with like San Diego state, they would just attack him down low. So I feel like they're going to be tougher to push around down there this year. Um, and then you obviously go into their depth. You got Donovan Dent, who's everything I love in a point guard. Like he's a score first guy. He's going to be aggressive. Um, he's going to look to score the basketball. And then, you know, he's going to develop as a passer too with all this talent around him. So, um, and then they got better uh, shooting. Uh, I definitely feel like Javante Johnson and guys like that were very upgradable and they definitely upgraded from them. So, um, what's not there to like, and especially with San Diego State losing a guy like Matt Bradley, um, 
it's definitely something people are overlooking. Uh, you have re-sticks and waters, of course, is good. Um, you have guys like um, uh, who they uh, no, that was Arizona who bought him in. Um, you know, they bring in a good amount of guys. They bring in Powell from Campbell. Um, they bring in uh, someone else on the perimeter, and they obviously still have uh, what's his name? Who the buzzer beard? Lumont Butler. They, they also have Tremel back. Yeah, I mean, losing Mensa is huge. Though. Like he, oh, Mensa might know. have been like the best defensive player in the country. Like yeah, low no, key, like he was a monster defensively. So and they lose a rope. So um, I know they have uh, how to replace him, but they don't really have a a five that can protect the rim per se. Like Mensa, yeah, like Jaden Ladee can like really like scored a ball i feel like really like saw like score rebounder but i don't think he's the same like rim protector that mental was and then you know obviously to have it like look matt bradley didn't have his best year statistically last year he played really well in the tournament that's kind of why they got far um but you know at the same time even when he was off he always shows up at the end of games who's gonna be that guy for them who's always gonna be that guy down the stretch Tremel on and off, really inconsistent last year. Um, Butler, you know, again, on and off. Like, I don't know if there's really that guy there. Um, Matt Bradley's been just so consistent for so long, especially down the stretch of games. Um, and New Mexico is a ton of guys like that. So that's definitely somewhere where I think New Mexico is a big advantage is in the shot creating department. Yeah. An- another note I want to throw in about yeah. the Lobos, like, they like obviously they finished season on a bad note, kind of, but like they had three games that were like easily winnable. They lost on a buzzer beater to San Diego State, they lost on a buzzer beater to Nevada, and they lost another game in Nevada where like Udeze was oh. called for called for that one like flagrant when like Nevada was like hacking him and like foul time. But uh, so that so they like easily could have won those three games, and the perception would be a lot differently. So, like, there are multiple ways to look at this, but. Lobos are going to be very good. So, yeah, Dan, you can, uh, I think you can take us away into the U19 teams yeah, now. I, I was just so eager, Austin. I just, I literally couldn't wait to hear your, your, both of your thoughts on this U19 team. I mean, I touched on a couple names all the way in your notes here from Mark Armstrong from Villanova, all the way through <laughs> Cody Williams of Colorado. Wanted to hear a little bit about, of course, Lubin at Vanderbilt as well, but. To tee it up again, what 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 are your biggest impressions of this U nineteen roster that we get to see here soon? Yeah, well the uh, the final twelve came out today. It was cut down to from a uh, fourteen. They had a whole training camp of players, but I highlighted five players that I'm like really interested in looking to see and kind of like looking to see how good they are. And those five players are one is Mark Armstrong, um, because I want to see like is he really that good? Like he was. He was a little up and down, like at Villanova, like the potential is clearly there, but he, let's face it, he wasn't really that good of a player all around that season. If Villanova is good this year, they will need him to be really good. Another player is Tobey Awaka, who is a guy I'm really high on as a breakout player. I think he can really step in the limelight for Tennessee. I think he is, he is really a breakout player I'm looking for. So, and I just want to see if he's like actually that good. So, that's a player that I have my eye on. Miles um, Colvin is another player that I'm really interested to see because if he's, like, really good, he could slot into three for Purdue and get rid of Ethan Morton, who has no offensive game. He can play some defense, but, like, 
if depending on how good Colvin is, like this could really change the outlook of this Purdue team and the weapons they have around Edie. Um, let's see who else do I want to see. I want to see Van Allen Lubin, as we already kind of alluded to him earlier, but yeah, I just kind of want to see like how good can this Vanderbilt team be based on like what we see in U19. I think he can really be another breakout player uh, per se. And then the last player that I am kind of looking for is Cody Williams, because I think he controls Colorado's ceiling. Like if he, he is like really good, like Colorado will be really good as well. Like, the Colorado obviously has like a lot of good pieces, but I think he's kind of the biggest wild card and kind of will determine like how good they really are. So th- those are five players. I'm also interested in kind of saying everyone in general, but those are five players, especially from next college basketball season that I'm really like in town watching. And like another player, Kylan Boswell, like I'm just so sure that he's going to be good. So I don't really like, aren't really like super prioritized and like watching how good he is specifically. Um, but yeah, th- those are the players I'm like really in into watching. Yeah. You know, it's the players that you know that are going to translate are the guys that you don't really need to watch. It's guys like Kobe Williams is the top of my list. Like I've heard so much about this kid. He's really raw right now. Um, so, you know, obviously he's very lanky. He's going to be good defensively. Um, it's what he can do off the dribble. How quick is he? I've seen his athleticism. It's just incredible. Um, you know, can he shoot the ball from all three levels? Like Colorado right now is like a top 25 team. The most people top 28, like if you're being nice, if you're not being nice. Um, but I feel like they could be an entirely new level if he breaks out. Like you just add another dimension to their offense and defense if he really breaks out um because i mean you already have kj simpson um you already have guys like tristan da silva down low lampkins i think going to be better under tad this year and you know be be a lot better than he was last year be the player that we knew two years ago um and then you guys got like guys like julian hammond who i love um definitely an underrated guard for them but he can just take them to entirely new heights if he breaks out and they could be like a dangerous sweet 16 team if they um get really good production from him which i think he will guys i i feel like he has all the tools to be that um you might not see it right away non-con but like by the time conference play comes around, I think he'll be more comfortable, definitely. So he's at the top of my list. Bark Armstrong, of course, a player um, that I watched a lot of. Um, wasn't great last year. Uh, definitely can improve shooting the basketball, but he's got a really good-looking shot. Like He's got a really fluid form, quick release. I feel like it's only a matter of time before he knocks down more looks. Um, yeah, obviously, I want to see better decision-making for sure. Um, turnovers definitely a problem as for most freshmen who you know control the ball as much as he did um you know definitely be looking for a big year from him and i think we'll get one too um he's definitely a player who's really capable of breaking out um guys like kyle and boswell have watched a little bit of you know i just know he'll be great so i'm not i don't need to see a ton from him ben allen lubin for sure definitely uh want to see how he's going to develop for Vandy. Um, you know, Stackhouse isn't a guy that's known for, you know, getting a ton out of breaking out big. So Liam Robbins had a career season this year. I I kind of think Stackhouse is like a really good like <clears throat> developer. He's just like for bigs. Sometimes. For bigs. 
Yeah, he's I a mean, guard. Yeah, though. I mean Robin, Robin's. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So he just doesn't. Uh, he just doesn't have the talent a lot of times, though. Like I think he's a good coach. Like I think he's a really good like coach, but like yeah, he just sometimes struggles getting talent and keeping talent. Yeah, I want to see how he is with like a really talented young front court piece here. Um, then he's also got Colin Smith, so you know, two guys that you know he could definitely tap into. So I think Lubin could be a real positive for them. So I'm interested to see him, and then uh, obviously Aquara for Tennessee is a big guy um, that they have. Uh, definitely a Julian Phillips type of contributor, um, possibly. So uh, then you got that guy from uh, it's a Colvin. What's his name? Yes, Miles Colvin. So that's definitely interesting because I feel like Purdue, if there's one area they do need to improve, it's kind of like limiting Morton's minutes. He's good defensively for sure. Um, he just brings nothing on offense. Like, oh, he's so bad. On he just Even Caleb he just, first, like he was kind of disappointing offensively for me last year. Um, yeah. he, his shot wasn't falling a ton last year, so – if they can get any minutes from any like new freshman um that can give them something. Is Gillis still there? Right. Yep. He should be so, there starting four. Yeah. So he's obviously a good stretch for to have. He plays good defense. So um, you know, if any of those guys are cold, you can plug in a freshman for a spark. Um, Colvin's definitely gonna be that guy. So I don't watch a ton of like these U19 things, but there's definitely a lot to be excited here. And, you know, maybe it'll be worth some of my time. So, yeah, well, you're, rocking another, the, another, you're rocking the Villanova hat for our YouTube viewers. You can see Kyle's got the Villanova hat on. So three, three natties. Yeah, of course. At a, at, a, at a minimum, you can see you can see Mark Armstrong. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I was going to mention that one other player I'm kind of interested in seeing that is not for U.S. is Baba Miller. Because he he didn't really get his chance at Florida State with the eligibility stuff. He only played late in the season. I'm just kind of interested interested to see if like based on uh, what happens, like if he could be a potential breakout player. Because I know everyone loved him last year. He just didn't really get his opportunity. But yeah, yeah, Dan, funny, you... yeah, yeah. I saw his debut at Wake Forest. I was actually down there uh, interviewing for a job down there, and you know I got to see him play. And we were going to go to the game. Uh, first of all, but then we saw he's making his debut and he's definitely got a lot of upside for sure. Um, he definitely looks to play on the perimeter more than I thought, which was kind of surprising. You know, he definitely attempted some threes at, at the game I was at, which is surprising. And he's got a good looking shot. So I feel like he can develop that a little bit. Um, but I definitely want to see him in the post more. I just, anyone with Leonard Hamilton right now, I just... I don't know. I don't exactly trust them to get the most out of Babu. I definitely feel like he's got to maybe transfer somewhere after this year and then really up his stock. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work, but I definitely feel like he's a really good player and an NBA prospect still. I just think he needs to be in the right hands for sure. Um, so uh, I definitely feel like he'll be on draft boards next year. It's just how high will he be, you know, Um I feel like you just can't weigh into his college production a ton because of the situation he's in. Um, so I feel like NBA uh, teams will look past that and, you know, he'll be pretty high up. So it'll be interesting to where he's at in his development in the, uh, in the, uh, the rounds of U19. So. Yeah. Uh, Dan, you have any uh, players that you're really are looking forward to watch or planning on watching? 
Oh well, I already I already telegraphed it by by highlighting Lubin in each of my first intros because I I was tracking him from Notre Dame and there was an episode a couple episodes ago where I didn't real I I missed his transfer to to Vanderbilt and so now now I'm lo I'm locked in on him in particular but uh just generally hats off to all these guys who made the cut because we discussed the the whittling down of it and yeah so it already says a lot that each of these players has has uh, made it this far so to speak but yeah that that's that's the name I toss in the ring once again. Yeah. If you, if if I don't want to have another false start, if we're if we're if we're eating into the NBA draft wrap up finale, yeah, you can uh, go. All right, that's what makes that's what makes sure because <laughs> you you gotta shoot me a Zoom DM here. Anyway, <laughs> the NBA draft is coming right up, June twenty second. The number one overall pick, no, no no questions there with the San Antonio Spurs getting set to grab Victor Wembanyama at number one, but. Do we have strong opinions about the what's to come after Victor? Because there's smoke about number two. What's going to happen with Charlotte? Could the Hornets trade out of that spot, or will they go with Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller? What uh, Charlotte? I, I'm having a hard time getting a read on uh, what say you guys. Um. Well, obviously, I haven't watched Scoot Henderson a lot compared to like Brandon Miller because he didn't play college basketball. But I think they should definitely go with Scoot. Like. That's just yeah. He's just better, mm -hmm. and like at 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 two, like maybe Brandon Miller is a better fit team wise. But like at second pick, you're not drafting for fit. You're just picking the best available player at that point. Yeah, and I feel like they're gonna be under new ownership soon because I just there's something that came out today at Michael right. Jordan to sell the team, so they see a new GM, they see new everything. Charlotte's got a ton of tradable pieces, so like. Honestly, at this point, it's about getting the best talent because those guards uh, that, you know, they have a ton of guards they have for a while. Uh, those guys could be traded and Scoot could be right um, right at the top of their list. You know, he could be starting very soon, you know, because I feel like some of those guards are going to get traded. I feel like in terms of like this draft in general, like there's going to be a ton of trades, uh, definitely more than we've seen in the past. Like there's just so much stuff that I'm hearing right now with Bradley Beal, with Damian Lillard, um, things that will definitely uh, move them up on the draft list. And it's just an amazing draft class. Like, I love the NBA draft every year. It's something I look into. Um, it's something I love to just dive deep into and, you know, kind of see what college players will end up on that board that I've watched. And there's definitely a, a ton of guys I love, for sure. Yeah, I, I know you guys are both 76 or trans. Do they even have any picks? I don't even think so this year. Yeah. No, we don't have. <laughs> we're, we're sitting out. We're sitting out. There was a forfeiture. There's a forfeiture. It's a bad draft to sit out of, man. It hurts. Yeah, it's definitely one. Yeah. There, there definitely could be like trades that happen that would. And um, yeah. so don't get us started because Kyle and I we're gonna start. Well, I'm mourning a little bit the report that we're not going after Bradley Beal. I say we as a as a Sixers community, but. I kind of want Beal too. Yeah. It's been really big on him. Like I feel like he's an off-ball fit. We need off-ball shooting so badly. Um he came into the league as an off-ball guy from Florida. Um that's who he was in college and that's who he was in the NBA for the first couple of years. So you get a guy that can really improve our shooting in the playoffs cuz it was just not. Yeah. I mean, we shot at like 25% from uh, three. I don't I don't even want to hear the reminder. Oh my gosh. It, we, we did tie it back to college basketball Austin. We're behaving ourselves. We did tie it back to Bradley Beal's Florida days, so it is college basketball related. Let's go. 
Yeah. Um, I, I saw it the other day in your Snapchat story. You posted a, a flashback from those. Uh, you went to a few 76ers team. What What was your record when you went to? What was the 76ers record when you went to a game? So in it was that 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 memory that I, the flashback I posted was the from the 2021 <clears throat> playoffs. Uh, and I went to a game with my buddies in DC, Wizard Sixers, that the Sixers dropped. The Sixers could have swept and they lost that game in DC. I was there. Oh, and yeah. one. I start oh and one. I was in Atlanta uh for uh, a week in early summer in 2021. So went to Hawks versus Sixers and I forget which game number it was, but also saw a comeback Hawks win there. So that's oh and two. And then I fell to oh and three when the Sixers lost at home in the very next game that I flew back up from Atlanta to Philadelphia to catch. So it was oh and three, Austin, to make me rehash that. Oh and three. Yeah. So, yeah. It was it was a miserable, it was a miserable I mean fun games to attend. I I it's a first world problem for sure. I I'm glad I got to go to the games, don't get me wrong. But the outcomes were oh gosh. Yeah, no, I went to Game Seven in that Hawks series. I haven't been to a playoff game since. So. See, and that's exactly the vibe I get from most fans I talk to. But anyhow, that's a separate podcast. But that—that's like the can of worms, Austin, right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, as I mentioned, you don't have any picks. Is there any like undrafted guys you like, maybe t- to like pick up, like sneakily? I got one, Tavion Kinsey, easily. Uh, I feel like he's falling off of draft boards right now, which. I get it's a deep class. Um, definitely Demoy Hodge is another one, like from Mizzou. Uh, he had a great year this year. Um, he overachieved any expectations I had for him from the Horizon League. He's someone who I feel like can translate right away. I mean, he's a tremendous shooter from all three levels. He's quick. Um, his defense is a little bit not there, of course, but he's got good size too. Like, definitely, if there's a team that you know wants to just stash him in the G League for a little bit. Um, see how he does maybe he gets a call up off the bench and it's a good two guard uh f- for somebody's bench obviously a bad team um but um he could definitely carve out, carve out a role for himself kinsey's got all the physical gifts um obviously he's developing as a three-point shooter but he's great from the mid-range he's great finishing around the rim he's a pretty solid passer too so and he's a great defender. So uh, Kinsey's got a lot of the gifts. So those are two guys that I feel like they're going to end up undrafted that teams definitely need to take a look at. For me, I don't know if Mike Miles fell out of the draft with his combine I mean, performance, but he, I I think he should be one of the first calls. Like if he winds up not going in the second round, like I, he should be one of the first calls. Austin, you talk about winning players all the time. He's a winner. Okay. And uh, he, he's got a good, it's just a good makeup. And I, when he was healthy, TCU was TCU was such a different team. So Mike Miles, he still has a plenty of good. I'm not predicting he goes undrafted, but that's just it, it may be a guy who's like started to slip a bit just due to the results during the draft process. Oh, I have one more. I can't believe I forgot him. I gotta, you know what? Get to the jersey collection here. If you're seeing, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're seeing Kyle, it's right by his side, too. He didn't have to go far for it. You got the Kent State. I need sincere carry, man. There you go. Someone's like got to take a chance on sincere carry. Turn me up. So good defensively. You know, obviously he let me down big in the tournament. Um, but I know that's not the player that he is. He's a great defender. He's a great passer. He's so dynamic off the dribble. Like I remember, I saw something just. He's a Drew Holiday type player. Obviously, he's not going to probably be as good as Drew Holiday, of course, but he's got the skill set that's so similar to him. And he's an experienced guy. He played four or five years in college. Like 
he's somebody that can translate to a team and being a G league team, he's going to obviously play well with a G league team. And I feel like, you know, he could definitely get a call up like, cause he's going to be, you know, what you're getting out of sincere carry hundred percent. Um, he's efficient. He's great from all three levels. He can finish, he can defend. Um, you just, I fell in love with him at the college level. And I feel like he's going to be somebody that gets one of those undrafted calls Definitely he's probably going to get a summer league spot and hopefully can prove himself um, with those opportunities that he's probably going to get and he deserves. Can I ask Austin about elsewhere in the Mac, Emily Bates? Will Emily Bates hear his name? Uh, I don't know. That's, that's a that good question. Be well. I could identify him as an undrafted name too, but I, I doubt, I doubt Bates, for me, I doubt Bates goes undrafted because of the pedigree and the, his size, the way he scores at his size. I feel like there have been so many mixed reports about like where he might go in a draft like right yeah, yeah. he seems to be pretty humble about it honestly which is surprising to me he's in the past you know he's kind of been somewhat of a cancer but he's like just saying if he hears his name called he's not going to let that team down and hey it's something that i want to hear out of Amani bates maybe he's turning a page and just kind of seeing like what it takes to even be drafted is to be is a huge accomplishment period it doesn't matter where you go <laughs> especially seeing guys like Jokic and Giannis right. like it don't matter where you go if you get an opportunity just make sure you don't let that team down and well see just, and you're speaking as a Sixers fan Kyle you're speaking uh, yeah, well I know we don't even have to say it. it's just that unspoken or of course of course <laughs> Maxi yeah you know but that's not the name I was that's not who I'm subtweeting but <laughs> Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, one uh, underrated guy I definitely like is Serge Barry Rice. Like, I mean, obviously his ceiling is limited, but like, I definitely see him being like a solid, like, rotational, like, bench piece. Like, he he was like so good at Texas. Like, he's he's just a winning, effective player like that. And like, a shot fake in basketball. It, it, it absolutely. <laughs> so I I think he he'll find a place somewhere like, and I think he'll get some minutes somewhere in the NBA. Like he's just he's just such an impactful winning player. Can really shoot. Can pass. I, I think yeah. Recently, yeah. Doesn't surprise. I mean, and he's, he might be an older prospect too, but he he yeah. played a number of years. Like how many years did he finish up with total? Wait, was he? Uh, a- he was probably in college for five years. Yeah, but At that's least. not the worst thing in the world either. Like that, they're, they're the, the Heat just built a roster of guys who you know they there are a number of guys on that Heat team who stay in school. It 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 can work out. Yeah, yeah. the NBA is trending more towards that direction now. Yeah, well, on that Heat team, yeah, like like Gabe Vincent wasn't even like that good at UC Santa Barbara. Like awesome. he was like just like a solid player there. So yeah, Max Drew started at D two. I mean, Duncan Robinson started at D three. Like. There are some hoopers everywhere. Of course. Don't matter what level. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's about the podcast. Any additional thoughts? Don't miss the draft, June 22nd. Austin, you got you got to become a draft junkie like Mr. Kerr, too. Yeah, I'm telling you. Especially but, the good years of the draft. I know next year's not going to be right, that fun. Right, so. Well. Kyle won't let you down. He'll let you know when when the when the good when the good drafts are coming up. Of Some Todd McShay on the on the hardwood. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to our overreactions, our U19 team analysis, our transfer analysis, 
And our short little NBA draft talk where, I mean, I'm definitely not NBA guy by any means, but definitely like looking at a lot of these prospects and where they will go. So yeah, that is a podcast.